Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. It's hard to believe we've already already made it through another week here. Moving quickly towards the holidays, which is just crazy to think about as we look at the calendar. About to flip it over to November. All kinds of stuff happening. We got this piece of legislation that, of course, is now being touted, which I want to talk about quickly. Um, I want to talk about it a little bit, but there's something else I want to do today that's a little bit different. It's you know, a Friday, so do you think something a little bit different, something that I I just I, I feel like it's important to articulate some, some things on. So anyway, email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We are also on uh, our online community, community.toddhuffshow.com. That is free to join. I would love to see you there. You can uh, communicate with me there as well, post some things, get to know some other conservatives. Again, community.toddhuffshow.com. And, of course, you can always email me those questions as well, along with that adoration and praise. That will always be accepted. So, I want to start. Let's look here. Actually, I got an email. Yeah, I'm, you know, I I have buddies, and they put me on these email lists. I've shared this with you before. Got an email from Joseph Biden today, President Joseph R. Biden Jr. Don't know if you knew that there was a junior attached to that. It reminds me, which takes me back. For those of you who've been following politics any length of time, it reminds me of in two thousand when it was Bush versus Gore uh, for the presidency, it reminded me, reminds me, of the insistence the the Democrats had, even the media had, on making it look as though, you know, George W. Bush was junior. But in reality, Al Gore was a junior. And now, not that there's anything wrong with being a junior, but just the way, you know... It, <laughs> If they think they can make it have a negative connotation at the time, they're happy to use it in a negative way. Anyway, Joseph R. Biden, uh, R. Biden Jr. sent an email out to folks on their list, and I'm on that list because I've got friends that think I belong on said list. And this is what this email says in regards to the Build Back Better framework. In fact, that's the title of this stupid email. The, big, uh, the Build Back Better framework. This is what it says. I wanted you to hear from me directly about the Build Back Better framework, a plan for my agenda, I believe, can pass the House and Senate. It's a big deal, folks. And I want you to know what it's going to mean for you. Here are some of the details. Now, I'm not going to go through every word of this stupid email about bigger government, but I am going to read some of this to you. Families around the country will be able to afford child care for the first time, including universal preschool. Now, let's just stop and think for a moment. Is this the first time in history? And I'm not saying child care 
um, isn't expensive or a strain on the budget. Or I'm not suggesting that. But is this the first time that family, what child care has been affordable for families? And now we've got universal preschool. By the way, the government's not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy until they develop a program <laughs> where they literally you give you you give birth to a baby at the hospital, and they take it. They take the baby. I suppose they might let the mother, you know, for these radical leftist status, they might let the mother nurse the baby for a while, but they don't want that bond. They think they know best for the child. They think, I mean, of all the stuff going on in school today, public schools, do you think, I mean, we've got gender crap going on. We've got uh, critical race theory. We've got stupid stuff happening regarding masks and all this other stuff. Do you think what we need is for our children, America's children, to be spending more time in in, in, uh, government-funded schools or other sorts of programs or what have you? I, for one, think absolutely positively not. But this is apparently, they're built, we're building back better, right? That's what we're supposed to believe. We're building back better, which basically to Joe Biden and the Klan um, of leftists out there, the radical left, this means building back socialism. This means removing parents even more from the equation. If you remember, we've talked about this a few times on here. In fact, even talked about this on our television show, Huff, which airs 9.30 Monday night, on TV 40, but I, you look at it and you see um, Terry McAuliffe, right? Terry McAuliffe running for governor, state of Virginia, actually said on the debate stage, parents shouldn't be telling schools what to teach. Literally, the polar opposite of reality. Literally, the, the exact opposite of how it's supposed to work. And so the more they can remove parents from the equation, the more that they can insert government workers, and candidly, workers that have ideally, in their deranged minds, go to some of these liberal universities where they are candidly indoctrinated with some of this anti-American baloney. I want to say something else, but I won't do that. Um, And so that's part of the process, right? Gradually stepping ever so closer to truly cradle-to-grave government being involved in the lives of, um, of, of, our, of us, right? Of our children, grandchildren, what have you. So he says here in this stupid email, the framework will save most American families more than half of their spending on child care, deliver two years of free preschool for every three- and four-year-old in America, give more than 35 million families a major tax cut by extending the expanded child tax credit and expand access to high-quality home care for older Americans and people with disabilities. Um, so that's the first part. There, Again, I notice some this sounds like benefits and things that are going to make society better. But what these things do, what the government always does by nature of, of – now, if there's an instance where the government has – in those rare instances where – we have to look at government to do something in particular. It's because the private sector, um, for whatever reason, isn't able to do something yet. I think back to, say, the post office. Now, by the way, we're at a point where 
FedEx and UPS transports mail for us anyway. Anyway, but it wasn't that way back when things started originally. The only time you should really look to government to do something else is if A, it's absolutely necessary, and B, the private sector, for whatever reason, isn't able to do that just yet. These circumstances are beyond uh, rare. I mean, in today's economy and with all the entrepreneurship and just how we've how far we've come as a country. Anyway, so now they're going to provide all these other uh, freebies. Buying votes is the way that one way to look at this. Healthcare will be more affordable for millions of Americans. That's the second bullet point in this stupid email. By the way, isn't I thought healthcare was already made affordable. I I was under the impression that when they signed the Affordable Care Act, the ACA, Obamacare, I thought all of our healthcare problems were going away. I thought that that was all that was standing between healthcare utopia and our current, uh, you know, what what the American people have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. I thought Obamacare fixed all that. That's what I was under the impression of. Now we still need other pieces of legislation to make things more affordable or to increase access. This is this is a teachable point, teachable moment in time. The legislation is and the the government provision and whatever else the government wants to insert itself to do for supposedly for you, for me, for the American people. It's never enough. If they pass something tomorrow, that they tell us right now will end some particular crisis. It will not. They'll come back to us in some period of time telling us we have to do even more, giving up more of our freedoms, and, of course, paying more tax dollars, and then that'll fix the problem. But then again, in another couple of years, they'll tell us yet again that didn't fix the problem, and this never, ever, ever ends. Never ends. So you might have thought, like me, that the Affordable Care Act – the aforementioned Affordable Care Act actually made health care affordable. But no, didn't really do that, which, of course, people like us had been pointing out all along anyway. So that's in this uh, supposed compromise. Who knows where we stand? This is, what are they saying, $1.85 trillion now with some accounting tricks and so forth. We'll bring down, this is the third bullet point here, we'll bring down costs and rebuild the middle class. Now, pause. The idea of government bringing down cost is downright laughable. Government never brings down cost. Government adds, they add a layer of bureaucracy. They add a layer of administration. They add unnecessary costs. They are incredibly inefficient. There is no benefit, actually, for people working in government i mean i'm sure look i'm sure that there are people there that are trying to make things better but there's no external pressures right there's nothing in fact i remember someone telling me a story i will not mention names but i remember someone told me they were a teacher and a public school teacher and another public school teacher uh they were walking out of the building together and this one teacher had stuff in her arms that she was taking home to to grade papers over the weekend or some such thing. And the other teacher, seeing her carrying this, said, what do you have there? And she said, I've got some 
you know, stuff I need to get caught up on, some papers I need to grade. And he said to her, the other teacher said to the female teacher carrying this stuff out, you know, you don't get paid anymore. You don't get paid anymore if you take that home or not. And that's right. (laughs) Now, some of you might say, well, that shouldn't stop someone for trying to do the absolute best. Others of you might say, well, they should, you know, they, they shouldn't uh, be asked to do things they're not paid for or what have you. But the bottom line is there's no incentive, right? That this There's no competition or there's, there's a little bit now with homeschool and with private schools. And now, at least here in our state, you're able to go to a different school and move your tax dollars with you per student, which, by the way, and I don't want to get into this at the moment, but I think that that's what needs to happen right now. I think if you're you have a student in public school, um, I think you can see the writing on the wall. What's going on with some of these radical school districts? Take take your kids out. I I mean I'm not saying not to have the fight with the school board or to try to expose what's going on, but at some point, the only thing that's going to stop this nonsense is if these schools that are doing these insane things actually feel a financial crunch and they're going to have to get rid of or at least address the people who are causing these problems it's going to put pressure on them see this external pressure when it's allowed to exist it is actually a healthy thing but government government largely pushes those things out but can government really drive down costs and rebuild rebuild the middle class government let me say government didn't build the middle class government didn't do that and they're not going to rebuild it this is patently stupid and offensive the idea that people's socioeconomic status is contingent upon what the government can build for them is completely absurd it is absolutely 180 degrees out of whack the reason the government has money is because the private sector has created revenue and actually created not just revenue but profits more more money than it costs to produce said product or service and it's from those profits that the government then confiscates the money and then uses that money for whatever utopian promises it's dreaming up next the middle class the taxpayer the the job creator actually built the government not the other way around. The government didn't build the middle class. That's just not the right way of looking at this. Some people will say, oh, it's the New Deal and all this stuff. But where where did all that money come from? Didn't that come from the industrialists and people that actually made a significant difference? Actually, the same people that stepped in to help us win World War II, incidentally, <clears throat> and even World War One. People that were mass-producing aircraft and munitions and and ships and so forth which by the way were private companies companies that were so successful in spite of in spite of the government i mean it's it's completely the opposite when we see this piece of legislation but the middle class you me the wealthy whatever socioeconomic class we don't need the government to rebuild anything we need them to get out of the stinking way. And that's not, of course, going to happen with this administration, with the this Congress and Senate. But here's this is where we are, right? This is where we are. They're going to probably find 
some final bill to pass here. And they want to get this thing passed before the end of the year so they can start campaigning and not have to talk about the price tag and be held accountable. They want this to be in the rearview mirror come camp- uh, campaign season. But truth be told, it's going to be hard to do that because this process, look, a lot of Americans are waking up. So, And I guess that's a good place to stop because when we get back, I want to talk about something that I've seen and heard that I want, I want to talk about. And I don't want to be misunderstood today. There's, it's just uh, comments um, that I think need to be thought out a little bit better, right? Because we are standing at this precipice, and yes, there are hardcore radical leftists, and yes, there are people who are Democrat that are going to vote, vote Democrat no matter what, but there's also people that can be persuaded. They just need to be... <laughs> dealt with, persuaded in the right way, not browbeaten, not criticized, ridiculed, demonized, what have you. And there's a tendency, whether intentional or not, I'm not always sure, but some of the things that float around out there, I saw something today that I'd heard before, but I just, as I was was thinking a lot today about this, and I thought, I just want to talk about this. So I'm going to do that after the break. So when we come back, I'll score up what we want to talk about. But I think leaving this discussion of, of at this point where the left has taken us with the development, supposedly this nat, the latest bill that they promise us is going to pass, which still remains to be seen, with all these social promises, all this spending, all this utopia, and so forth that they're promising for the American people. There are people out there that can see that this nation is being run by a bunch of either intentionally harmful people to the country or people who are completely incapable of of managing anything at all at anything at all and either way there's bad results and those people those people need to be persuaded to cast ballots for liberty against big government against taxation against this march towards socialism and the radical left. Talk about that when we get back. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Interior Construction Services. You know, folks, we have a list of advertisers on our website, which you can visit by going to supportouradvertisers.com. They don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying on this program, but I have no idea why that'd be the case. They absolutely positively should. One of those advertisers, Interior Construction Services, website interiorconstruct.com, building dreams and opportunities. 317-991-4660, 317-991-4660 if you're listening here in central Indiana. So I said before the break, I said before the break, I wanted to address something. And I, I'm going to be careful here because I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't disagree with this statement. I just think that I wonder what we're trying to accomplish with the state with, with statements like this. So the statement is 
is true, and the statement is, I, I just, I think it's important. We know we're moving into an election year. We have people who voted for Biden, and I'm not just talking about the dead ones. I'm t- talking about the real people that voted for Biden. They, many of them are completely, I, I, I know to you this just doesn't jibe, but they're, they're shocked. They didn't know they voted for this. They had no idea. And they remember, they can still remember what it was like when Trump was in office and they were told, they were told to freak out about all these things that Trump was going to cause to happen, but they've actually happened under this guy, right? Even, even as we talked about yesterday, Hunter Biden, right? The son, we were told that Trump and his family were a, a, a dire threat to this nation and just a unbelievable threat to the United States of America, violating the emoluments clause and lawyers and professors were hyperventilating on TV saying that Trump was going to use his office to, you know, just to profit. But America was in a better place. It's undeniable. It is, I don't even entertain someone telling me that it's not because I saw it, I paid attention, you did, the, Someone trying to convince you otherwise is really either disillusioned or is a professional deceiver that should probably try to get a job at CNN or MSNBC. So I think we have, and and you know, we have CNBU, Conservative Not Bitter University. I, I am a huge believer, a huge believer in not just having the right opinions. That's important, believing the right ideas. I'm not minimizing, but we have to think, how do we get something done with that? How do we advance the, the ideology? And there's a, there's a statement here, and I'm not going to talk about who says the statement. You've seen this in places, I'm sure, probably on shirts. Facts don't care about your feelings. I'm not suggesting that facts do care about your feelings. But may I also add, facts don't care about facts. Facts don't care about people. Facts don't care about anything because you may have noticed facts are not living, breathing, empathetic beings. Facts certainly matter, right? But I want to say this. You know who cares about their feelings? The people who we are allegedly trying to persuade. And you know what? I think we should at least be mindful of that. That's only that's all of what I'm saying. I'm not saying the statement is wrong. I'm simply saying, I mean, you know what I'm saying is true. It's like, Oh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to pick an example that won't uh, that that will relate, and I can just think, you know, if um, just a, of marriage situations, a husband gained a little, you know, got a little belly, and asks his wife, you know, the wife could just say, "Hey, fatso, <laughs> hey, fatty, you know, go out and get yourself in shape." But is that really? The best way to go about doing that, or if the wife says, honey, do I look, you know, do these jeans make me look fat, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying here, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing to lie or anything. I'm simply saying facts don't care about your feelings. Taking that to the logical extreme here, you would just say, hey, yeah, fatso, you look, <laughs> if that's the case, you get my point, right? You can take this to children or there, there's an art, there's 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 a tactful way, and I'm not endorsing, 
I'm not saying you have to lie. That's, I'm just saying that there's a little bit of art here, a little bit of tact, a little bit of grace, right? These, these are things that totally get lost in that. By, by the way, it reminds me, you know I'm a big fan, Dale Carnegie. You heard me talk about Dale, Carne- uh, Dale Carnegie's classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. In fact, I think we might make that part of our, our course because it is such a great book. It's actually, how do I persuade people? How do I not manipulate, but how do I just handle things the best way possible so that I can build a relationship that actually, you know, people, I, I, I can get something accomplished in a business setting or in even in a personal setting. But you all know, for those of you that have read that book, that chapter in the book where Dale Carnegie says, if someone doesn't agree with you and they don't want to buy something you're selling, to call them stupid and weak, right? <laughs> of course he didn't say that. But isn't this a degree of that? I just, I know some some very smart people say this. I know that it is, I'm not arguing against whether it's false or true <clears throat> because it is true. I'm simply saying, what are we trying to achieve here? Or do we just want to to have something reposted to sell a T-shirt, just to you know to for people to say yeah, and the people that agree with us to cheer while those who don't agree are not able to actually even see our point of views because we've put up an immediate wall. Why is that even necessary? Is my question. Is this the way to go about persuading? People, What are we actually trying to accomplish? By the way, I like to talk about truth. You may have noticed, I use the word truth. I don't say, and I'm not, I'm not saying facts don't matter. I'm just saying truth, truth is something that's even greater than facts. In the sense of truth is, is I read an article by, that was written by Focus on the Family, and it was well- it was well said in, in there. Basically, um, truth is the bringing of all the, the facts together. Fact might be a piece or point to the truth, but truth is the assembling and the holding of all things together. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say he was the facts. It's a fact that Jesus, well, people will dispute some of the facts too. And then you've got fact checkers, which sometimes want to tell you things are facts that are not facts but truth truth is something you know the bible says in romans 1:20 it says for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse we can see all of his creation we know we know that this place that we live i'm sure there's an atheist that's about to disagree with me we can still be friends i think you're wrong on this but we we can see that what we the world we live in requires a creator it's absurd to say the universe came from nothing and then to tell us in the next breath you believe in science science is all about cause and effect to say that i believe that the first cause didn't exist is totally nonsensical it requires a creator we can all see that some people may not want to see that but we can all see that and I would maintain, and the Bible doesn't say this, but I think I think you could say that there are other truths that we recognize 
as human beings as well that are almost hardwired or built into our DNA. And so if we appeal to the truth, instead of knocking people around because they're arguing for stupid things, right? If the goal is to mock somebody and get likes on fake Facebook or fake book or whatever you want to call it or whatever they call themselves now, then that's one thing. But my objective is to persuade those who can actually be persuaded. And there's more than people may realize. If it's done right, if we call them stupid idiots, that isn't going to get us very far. Got more to say about this, but I got to take a break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I want to share, continuing this discussion, because this is, to me, this is where we need more people advocating for arguments that actually don't just fire. It's good to have the base fired up, right, and energized. I'm not saying that there's not. It's good to expose what's going on. It's good to let people see the dangers of the types of ideology that we have running this government right now, right? The, it, it, that's necessary. But we also have to think in terms of now how do we get more people, not just to see it because they do see it, but now actually to do something about it. How, how do we do that? And I think it's to the art of persuasion. I was talking with Oz during the break. You know, when I was at American University 120 years ago, I – read for the first time C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. Absolutely fantastic book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Now, if you were like me, it took me forever to read a page because it was, I mean, he's a smart guy. In fact, C.S. Lewis is probably up there amongst some of the greatest thinkers of the 20th century. Just absolutely brilliant. Phenomenal, by the way an atheist who came to believe not just in a God, but in the God of the Bible. But in his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis uses an argument, basically says there's a built-in moral code that we have as human beings. And it's not just the result of culture. In fact, culture is the result of what we believe about the moral code, the moral law. And he uses some examples, and he says basically if – if you cut in line a group of people, there someone the person that you cut and anyone that's around there might say, hey, man, what are you doing? Now, there's no rule that's written, thou shall not cut in line. But we know, we know that it's not right to get in front of someone who's been waiting in an orderly fashion for us just to arbitrarily step in front of them. We know. Why do we know this? Right? Why do we, I'm sure some evolutionary biologist will tell us, uh, will make up some reason as to how that ensures that that person's genes are passed on or what have you. But there's something else at play here, right? We know, we know that that is, it just violates the, the moral law that we have. And in fact, we believe it so much that we'll turn and often defend ourselves to the person who asked the question, why did you cut me? Well, this is why I, I, I should be excused from, 
following the moral law here because I have other extenuating circumstances. I have other things here, other reasons and other rationale for why I had to do this that excuses me from the moral law that neither one of us have written down but that we both agree upon. And C.S. Lewis goes further and says, you know, that moral law by and large doesn't dramatically change around the world, around different you know, cultures, different time periods. He said there's certainly differences, but he said imagine th- there's not the opposite, right? There's, not, there's never been a culture that said it was honorable to run from battle. C.S. Lewis says this. He also says, you know, cultures may have disagreed whether a, a man could have one wife or ten, but all of them were in agreement that he shouldn't have any woman that he desired. And so to say the opposite moral law existed in different cultures and different continents, different time periods, just is not really accurate, and it begs the question as to why. And C.S. Lewis would maintain that it's built in, built in to who we are, this moral code, this moral law, this respect for other people, that it's a reflection of how we were created in the image of God himself. And if that's true, if that's true, and this is the point that I'm trying to make here, If that's true, then when I say appeal to these truths, you're instead of instead of arguing over different sets of facts because some fact checker tells you know uh, someone who's online who's none the wiser to the way they're being deceived that something is a fact, right? We were lied to regularly. Appeal to that truth. Appeal to that belief. That moral guide that that guiding light that's inside that human being to get that connection right and then to talk about things in terms of truth because folks everybody isn't with with the exception of the radical socialists if you said to somebody you should you know what you work for you should be able to keep the vast majority of people agree with that but see they're tricked the, the, the left is, is crafty. They get people to say or to believe the ultra-wealthy didn't actually earn it so that you can take it from them. They didn't actually you know do anything to get it in the first place, right? That's the argument. But we all know, even, even someone who's out there right now with the Bernie Sanders license plate or T-shirt or what have you, just had a vision of Bernie sitting there in his coat on inauguration day, when that meme was going around. But anyway, we need to appeal to that. And telling people facts don't care about their feelings is not the best way. I'm sorry, but that's just not the best way to do it. I just, it's obvious. If you don't believe me, ask Dale Carnegie. Quick, Dale Carnegie. Quick timeout back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. You know, I... I could talk about this. I was just telling Oz forever. There's a couple of episodes of going through this stuff. I'm I'm reminded of one of the old adage, uh, the old sayings, I guess. Hear it on Ramsey's program. Those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. What about this? For those of you that have been in sales, you know this, or you know something very similar to this. A Harvard researcher Harvard researcher did some, you know, studies. Harvard Business School professor, I should say, Gerald Zaltman, 
wrote a book, How Customers Think, Essential Insights into the Mind of the Market. He says that 95, 95 folks, 95% of purchasing decisions are emotional. Now, we may not think that someone that, that we're trying to persuade to accept constitutional conservatism is actually purchasing anything, but folks, that's wrong. They are buying. They are either buying or not buying the ideology that we're trying to sell, and that's not a bad word. There's a whole whole myriad of, of things we could get into here. But if 95% of purchasing decisions are emotional, why would why would we start off? It just defies my abilities to comprehend. Why would we start off making a statement that could be inflammatory to the other person? Why would we do that? I just folks, facts facts are true, but truths sometimes are more there's more things involved in something that's true than just a series of of facts. Right? I mean, I guess they are facts, but in the sense that a fact is is measurable and quantifiable and something I can see. Right? I mean, ultimate truth is that God exists. I can't prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I can't call that a fact, although I believe it is a fact. It's the truth. Right? It's why Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. He told Pilate that he was there, that he came to proclaim truth. He is truth. Again, so many things to say about this. So many things. I just don't have the time. I don't. In fact, Oz is holding up the clock, showing me it's time to take a break, and I'm going to do that. Quick time out back here in just a minute. Folks, that is all of the time we have. But I do I do want to say that this is I think that this is one of the single most important things we need to be focused on as conservative uh well you could say apologists in the sense of a Christian apologist, someone who defends you know conservative ideas, but truth truth is what we need to focus on. Persuasion is what we need to focus on. Selling these ideas, not in some manipulative uh, manipulative way as some people have come to think of selling, but actually convincing, changing minds. I've got to go, folks. Thanks so much for listening. SDG, have a great weekend. See you Monday. Take care.